0: Welcome to Notes from the Field, brought to you by Noeo Science. Hey. hey. How you doing, Will? Gordon. And John. We've we, got a guest. Yeah. Doing well. Really
1: happy to be here. Happy to have John Rimmer with us here today, a fellow Virginian. We all have a pretty good Virginia connection
0: yeah yeah I, I raised cool. my family a good chunk <clears throat> of the time there
2: I got raised there
0: yeah yeah
2: I've been there most so, of my life too I yeah, think it's a uh, wonderful state yeah it, I mean
0: I'm not talking about politics or anything but <laughs> yeah but yeah. I don't know what the state is there
2: yeah I think I just missed so you at Liberty um I was there from 2001 to 2005 and I know Well, they, we overlap then yeah just a little bit I think we've talk before i i took one of your your colleagues as a biology professor for the little doctor dr spawn oh great yeah he was he was awesome i really enjoyed him a lot he he really put the love of it in in people so
0: that's great there's one line that i i got from him called uh well he when talking about some amazing complexity in nature he'll say almost like it was planned (laughs) (laughs) and uh i uh I adopted that quote.
1: Well, John's here in town. He's finishing up an MFA. Is that right? This is at New St. Andrews. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. And we had a good time chatting. I think we chatted at the playground last time and uh, just kind of chatting about Virginia and getting outside and... Shared love of the outdoors, mm-hmm. and, and that's really where we're going with our topic today. A little more free form, a little more conversational, mm-hmm. maybe than usual. We got yeah. an extra person here, which is which is good fun for the dynamic. And um, you know, I guess one way to one way to to start the topic, um, which I'm gonna I'm gonna call you know I'm gonna just, just gonna reference the popular book title "No Child Left in the Woods." Oh yeah, so we'll entitle the we'll title this one that uh, really uh, really influential book. Uh, that came out in 2005, and lots of folks have read it. I've read it, and are try- I'm trying to reread it here a little bit now. And uh, by a guy named Richard Louvre. Right. And it kind of sums uh, the title just kind of sums itself. Yeah, sums itself up there. I think that I think that's the No Child right. Left in the Woods. Is that? I believe that's the I, title. I think that's close. Oh, sorry, "Last Child in the Woods." There we go. Good man. Thought, I'm glad yeah, you last... <laughs> were on top of me there. <laughs> I was just looking at it too, and I couldn't remember it. "Last Child in the Woods," um, and you know, I think that that kind of uh, that phrase really captures your attention. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I, it's hard to. I think we, we, in our guts, as people who love God's creation, I think we we kind of inherently know what that's mm-hmm. what that statement means. Um, And we want to talk about that, uh, the value of spending time outdoors um, and maybe some practical, uh, not how-tos necessarily, but uh, how can we better do that?
0: Right, and how to cultivate an ongoing love for um, God's creation.
2: Absolutely, yes.
0: So... So, since you're our guest, uh, we'll let you run with it a little bit. You're raising kids right now, and um, and in a great state with a lot of uh, wonderful natural history. What are some of the things that you've done to to foster that?
2: Yeah, I've uh, I've got six, and um, the youngest is just under one. My oldest is eleven, and they kind of all fan out from there and we've been in Virginia um, in Richmond, so right kind of in the middle we're about two hours from the beach and about two hours from the mountains, so right in between the two things that we love the most, yeah, and the having Pied- the Piedmont yeah, yeah, absolutely it's uh, having that many kids means your vacations uh, you kind of have to be thrifty, and we mm-hmm. just happen to love being outside anyways, so right from the earliest age, uh, when my kids were still still sleeping in car seats and you know those kinds of things my wife and i really didn't miss a beat we we like to do a lot of camping a lot of hiking Uh, we like to you know spend time at the beach obviously my wife's from hawaii and uh, i'm from virginia beach and we met uh not really in the middle but we met at liberty and that uh at liberty university and uh, she settled on coming to virginia with me (laughs) okay so uh, awesome but yeah so we've done a lot of that stuff hunting um, is a big part, uh, as well. Like I, I grew up doing that and I'm slowly getting my sons into it as they get older. Fishing, I'm not very good at, but I'm trying. And, mm-hmm. uh, and then, um, also, um, four wheel drive things. I, 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 like working on vehicles and, uh, it seems like the outside is the thing that brings all these things together. Um, right. You know, <laughs> and, uh, so that's what we've done. Uh-huh.
0: Good. Awesome. Now, do your kids, uh, like, I mean, are they naturally? uh inclined that way my oldest absolutely yard apes yes
2: okay yep (laughs) my oldest is uh he has he has magic hands uh is the best way to put it he can catch things that i would never have dreamed of being able to um (laughs) and he has no fear um i still to this day I, i remember turning over rocks with my father in streams and creek beds, trying to catch crawdads and other bait uh, animals for fishing and just never getting over the, getting pinched, you know, even though it doesn't really hurt, I mm-hmm. still have that flinch, yeah. but my yeah. oldest, my oldest can grab any and everything without thinking twice and he's, uh, he's definitely got a love for the outside and mm-hmm. um, it trickles down, my, my twins love fishing. They love it a little too much uh, for me to keep up with. Honestly, uh, I hope that they become really good at it and then they can t- teach actually you. teach me. <laughs> that would be wonderful. That's, That's the
1: same boat I'm in.
2: Yeah. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> You're right. But, uh, and I hope they get into hunting because uh, feeding all these kids is expensive and uh, it'd all be right. nice to, yeah, to be able fill to glean the a little bit. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. That's great.
1: Well, maybe to, maybe to um, zoom out a little bit and quote uh, a quote from this book that I, that I referenced early on. Last Child in the Woods, going to get mm-hmm. it right this time, 2005 Richard Louvre. Um, one particular passage that struck me early on in the book, uh, he says this, uh, our society is teaching young people to avoid direct experience in nature. Mm-hmm. That lesson is delivered in schools, families, even organizations devoted to the outdoors and codified into the legal and regulatory structures of many of our communities. Mm-hmm. Our institutions, urban and suburban design, and cultural attitudes unconsciously associate nature with doom while disassociating the outdoors from joy and solitude.
0: hmm Yeah.
1: Ouch. I, I read that. Yeah,
0: ouch. <laughs> yeah.
1: That's a pretty that's a pretty
0: strong the, the, also, accusation. I, I remember when we were driving out here with the kids in the van from Virginia out to Idaho. And we stopped in the Badlands and we got out. And uh, happily, there was a a bull snake going across the parking lot, and I just scooped it up. But when we were walking the trails on on the bad li- Badlands, and my kids were just at that age where they were just wanting to uh, go and catch. But this is a national park, or, yeah, Badlands has got to be a national park. Um, uh, the rangers were like, no, don't, you know. Don't touch and don't uh, stay on the tra- stay on the trail, and you know there's all sorts of reasons like safety, and we're not we don't want to be liable. But um, more and more, the government wants to just almost take control of sort of every every aspect. I'm not saying everything. There's places where there's more freedom, uh, but it's getting more and more, like you said, like he said, regulatory and uh um, yeah. uh hyper hyper safety uh and so the kids are now sort of put in a straitjacket, especially if it's on federal land or 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 you know and they can't enforce it all the time you know there's not that many uh park rangers um uh, employees staff to to make sure that, oh no, don't touch that salamander. And probably most of them would be okay with a salamander, but <clears throat> it's it's just getting more and more oppressive.
1: Yeah, and I would say it's even more oppressive in private situations where we have generations of adults who've been trained in this. Mm-hmm. And so they see any kid just doing what kids do, right. uh, causing erosion, breaking mm. a branch. Like these right. things are offensive, uh, to to uh, I would say a, a generation of adults who have been trained to think that these things shouldn't happen. These these are these are uh, this is us not teaching kids correct dominion in in the secular mm-hmm. in the secular um, world.
2: Yeah, I think you're right there, boy. Uh, Will it's it's um, there's a, a odd sacral sacra, sacralizing of the outdoors almost to where kids are told to hands off, you Mm -hmm. know, these are precious things. It's almost like what we assume a lot of houses are where it's, you have, you know, the kids aren't allowed to touch this, play with that, go on this. Mm -hmm. We've done that with the outdoors in a, in a lot of senses. And it's, it's even borders on a quasi religious aspect where these things are sacred and you will defile them if you touch them. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. You do not belong here. And I think that those messages are just, yeah they, they do something very damaging to the child, to the soul of a child, you know, to a human in general. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I remember uh,
1: just one story about my, my, um, just moving on to maybe some, well, let me back up. Uh, let me stay on that thought for a minute and read one more thing. And I think you guys will have Mm -hmm. some similar comments here earlier on. uh, So that, that accusation I lodged a second ago from Louvre regarding our cultures, really creating regulatory structures that, that prevent, uh, children, especially from enjoying the freedom that nature should give us. Uh, Louvre kind of answers his, his own statement here earlier he says as a boy i was unaware or he gives a he gives a causation why why does our culture have this psychosis now about nature mm-hmm. and he says as a boy i was unaware that my woods were ecologically connected with any other forests nobody in the 1950s talked about acid rain or holes in the ozone layer or global warming but i knew my woods and my fields i knew every bend in the creek and dip in the beaten dirt paths i wandered those woods even in my dreams a kid today can likely tell you about the Amazon rainforest, but not about the last time he or she explored the woods in solitude right. or lay in a field yeah. listening to the wind and watching the clouds move.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. so powerful. That, I read it, that book a couple years ago, yeah. uh, one, one or two years ago, and it, it was really, really good. Yeah. I, reg- I mean, it's not totally coming from a Christian worldview, but it's, it's not coming from a Christian worldview, but it's, it's coming from a common sense yeah. <laughs> world. View, yeah, and uh just a real good encouragement for uh, particularly you were saying about the private uh sector um this is just an exhortation to those uh moms out there, and maybe I'm preaching to the choir because uh probably most listeners here would be uh wanting to turn their yard apes loose, but there are some <laughs> <laughs> there are some. Over fastidious uh, moms uh, and dads, and dads increasingly, I would say that say get dirty, dads. Yeah, get please. get get that thing out of here. Um, you can be a uh, hipster. Or, or Get your
1: hands dirty. Wash your yeah, wash <laughs>
0: wash your hands right now. You know, it's, it's almost like if you touched a worm or a frog, it's like ah, dirt, right, germs. Right. Uh, yeah, clean it up now, and uh, you know. The kids just need to, you know, be given a long leash. Yeah, you can give them some... When I think about what I did as a kid, uh, and I'm thinking, would I let my kids, you know... <laughs> it's
2: funny. Yeah, it's funny you say that. that. I think the same thoughts. Yeah. I uh, I used to get lost in the hills of West Virginia for what felt like days, even though we were always home in time for meals. Right. But... uh <laughs> I mean, just having no concept of direction either. You just would go up and down and up and down different hollers. And oh, uh, yeah. you would pop out That's on a road and hope that somebody had a at least a, a vague recollection of where we might be and how many counties <laughs> over we had wandered. <laughs> right. Mm. And it's, uh, mm. I uh, yeah, like you said, nowadays it's just, uh, you know, it, it's hard to find places where my kids could wander that far. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I was blessed to have family up there that had, you know, plenty of land, but now it's, it's, it's getting harder to find places where you can just kind of set them loose and feel Mm -hmm. almost, almost safe that, you know, the outdoors are going to babysit your kids for a while and they're going to be fine. Yeah. And, and,
0: you know, we have to balance it with a world gone mad right now. So, um, we're basically saying, give them a long leash when it's, um, when it's just the, you know, it's just the woods across the street or something like that. But, when there's a lot of this world is sort of going mad as far as a lot of weird people. So, um, sometimes you, uh, uh, because you can't always trust people, uh, the parents have to use their discretion yeah. as far as the general safety of this patch of, uh, wilds. Yeah. And are there any, uh, creepy people, um, yeah. that, uh. You know, yes, are in the vicinity. Increasingly,
2: the case. I just, yeah, so you
0: gotta, you know, sometimes the parent has to be sort of near, but you
2: know, it depends on the place. Yeah, we just did a class for um, uh, kids in our church and uh, some, you know, it's like a local thing that we do, and they wanted to have a class on safety. So I gave them a few pointers on things to watch out for. And at the end of it, I just kind of had to remind everybody there that the most dangerous thing that moms and kids can run into is actually other people right you know and it's just just to kind of help them to be aware that you know it's uh you, you know you kind of want to you know just keep your keep your head on straight you right. know but you know yeah don't worry about the garter snakes yes exactly yeah. at least of your worries <laughs> yeah
1: yeah no it you know finding making opportunities to where you can make that leash long mm-hmm. i think increasingly is kind of the is kind of what yeah. we need to shoot for Um, so here's a verse. So I want to ask you guys a question. Really want to hear from both of you on what is it about? We all, we all love God's creation. Right. We can't wait to get back out in it at any given time. Mm -hmm. And, and that's not, that's not just some whim. We experience something exceptionally unique there and are blessed to be there. And so my question is, why is that? What is going on? Um, and let me prompt you with a verse here, uh, Romans 12. Okay. Uh, here we're, of course, there it is. Verse two, and do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind Mm -hmm. so that you may approve what is the good and well-pleasing and perfect will of God. And then I lost the
2: rest of the verse. Oh man. Which is your acceptable... A form of worship. I no, think. that was so the right. There. Yeah.
1: Yeah. There we go. And perfect will of God. So renewal of your mind. So here, that's the phrase I wanted to key in on. I'll read it again. Cause I'm, mm-hmm. I'm getting all over the place and do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind so that you may approve what is the good and well-pleasing and perfect will of God. And mm-hmm. I would, I would make the case and you guys can correct me if you think I'm wrong. I would make the case that God renews our mind, um, primarily through his special revelation and his general revelation. What happens? What happens when we're out in creation? How does he renew our mind and our spirit and our
0: heart and our soul through his, through his creation? Well, you know, I'll just weigh in a little bit and just interject, John. Um, Okay. The, um, it often renews even secular people. I mean, there's, there's a common grace in nature where that's why people would like to get out and, Go to the national parks, go camping because they're in the great outdoors. And there's something tangible, real, that um, increases people's um, sense of well being. There might be uh, odor, odorant molecules from the trees, there are all sorts of things, the fresh air. Um, th- there's probably countless little things in nature that renew us physically, emotionally. But from a Christian standpoint, um, it's, we, are, we believe in God who created all of this stuff. And so when you see uh, all of this, I think this is really important to communicate to your kids as, as Christian parents is that, yes, they like nature, but always as we uh, walk on, along the road and when we rise up, when we lie down, um, that's a rough paraphrase in Deuteronomy that we uh, are are making that connection between this is these creatures, these plants, these fungi, whatever they're experiencing in, in the wild is something that God has handcrafted, and that uh, not only does it refresh all people, christian non-christian, but we have the added bonus of. Uh, realizing that our Lord and our Redeemer is also our Maker and the Maker of all of these things, and I think, uh, and so um, just sort of reminding kids that you know we can know it intellectually: um, God made crayfish, God made the turtle, God made the squirrel. Yeah, but to to experience it and look at it and really sort of ponder. I, my, the verse I love is, um, uh, Psalm 111 verse two, great are the works of the Lord studied by all who have pleasure in them. Mm-hmm. So it's not a got to, it's a get to, um, those who have pleasure in the works of the Lord, uh, s- study it. And it doesn't have to be studied scientifically. It can be studied in, a just a organic, uh,
2: lay level way. Yeah. I think that's a good point. Um, I would add that in a similar way, when you're a kid, you usually have someone with you showing you things, your father, Mm -hmm. you know, older brother, a friend, something like that. And in a way you see that in the scriptures, even where, like you said, our father, our creator will take us into nature to teach us things about ourselves. We see it in Job, where Mm -hmm. Job tells, uh, the Lord tells Job to consider these things that he has created. Because mm-hmm. in those things, something is to be known about himself, whether it be his smallness or his uh, his inability to change things that he thinks that he mm-hmm. could. And then you see, similarly in Proverbs, you know, constantly consider the ant, you know, not so that you can become a um, what's the fancy term ornithologist for oh, entom- entomologist. Entomologist. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. And. Not for that reason, but so that you can be industrious at your regular job. Right. You know, these things have everyday <clears throat> practical import. The Lord has made the heavens and the earth, and in them all things cohere in Christ and in everything. Mm. We are constantly being taught things about ourselves and about the one who made them and, and also why. I, I love um, reading The Pilgrim's Progress, and in The Pilgrim's Progress, Bunyan has the ability to, to grab at things that God has made and mm-hmm. you know things that I still don't understand totally to this day. One that ste- sticks out to me is he talks about why does the why does the pelican pierce its own breast? And um, I've never understood this, but he says that the reason that the pelican does this is that it might teach us, uh, you know, that God from His own blood has you know nurtures His 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 people.
0: Mm-hmm. And I,
2: I I don't know enough about pelicans to know exactly what behavior he's referring to, but I do know that Bunyan. And many like him um, were wise enough to look at nature and say that in mm-hmm. this God has has is communicating things to us that mm-hmm. His Word confirms. And you know, I, I think that's a very important, uh, you mm-hmm. know, important thing, you know, for everybody. And one of the reasons why that general revelation is is just something that's refreshing. You know, it renews the soul. It, it teaches us our smallness. It mm-hmm. humbles Absolutely. us. It um it yeah. sometimes fills us with fear, which is right. a good thing. It's a good thing. Yes, it it it, it teaches us to uh, to know our place and our mortality, and um you know to be thankful. You know when we see the you know out here and where you guys are, just seeing the the way these fields. You know I come out in the fall, I come out in the winter, and I come out in the spring and to see the just this bread basket that you guys got, or mm-hmm. I guess bean basket. I don't really know. A little it's bit of both. both. Yeah, yeah both. Bread <laughs> and things. Beans, it's piece. just. It's amazing what God does for us in this world and how he sustains us. It's Yeah, and it's, it's,
0: yeah. Psalm 104, I've t- talked about that a little bit. I'd just read that whole Psalm of how God uh, uh, provides for us. And so not only us, but all creatures. He provides food, he provides drink for wild creatures, domestic creatures, us. Uh, mm-hmm. In that verse um. Uh, bread to strengthen the heart, wine to gladden his heart, um, plants for man to cultivate. Uh, but then he talks about habitat. He, he, uh, the pines are for the, the stork, the rocks are for the, uh, hyraxes. Um, so God is, is concerned about caring for all of creation and it doesn't all have to be cultivated and domestic. It mm-hmm. mentions the domestic, but it doesn't have to be domestic. And so just uh teaching our kids to really enjoy the beauty of of the of the wild, untamed wilderness. That was the appeal of uh, Aslan in Narnia,
2: you know. That's true. He's not a tame lion, but he's good. Mm, I like that. And, That's a good um, connection. Yeah. And animals behave differently when they're when when you observe <laughs> them and they don't know you're there, versus when, you know, we have a, a little beardy dragon at home and he just lays around all day and waits for us to open the cage so he can eat. Heat, and uh, yeah. I'm sure that if I ever saw one in Australia, it would behave quite differently, yeah. you know, and there'd be a different lesson in that. Absolutely. And I think, I think you know,
1: um, and it, uh, something I think about a lot is uh, large mammals, especially marine mammals. I recently mm-hmm. watched the documentary, Blackfish, which is about mm-hmm. SeaWorld and other marine mammal parks. And uh, mm-hmm. just the incredible toll... That captivity has on those Mm -hmm. highly intelligent, gigantic social animals. Right. Um, And not that the effect is the same at all, and not that we're animals in a zoo. But I would say that um, to really be fully human is to not just stay in town. Right, it's not yes. just to stay in the brick or wooden box that we work and or live in.
0: Yeah, flat floors, filtered air, and fluorescent lights. Yeah. you know we need it. <laughs> we
1: really, we really yeah. do. And I think one of the temptations or one of the challenges we have right now, uh, those of us who are dads and grandpas—that's that's mm-hmm. everyone here in the room. Grandpa, uh, yeah, I'm the geezer, You're the grandpa um, <laughs> is to um, you know there are so many there's so many digital um, and device, uh, temptations mm-hmm. and they're, they're, they're good. They're useful tools. Um, but, uh, we need to remember to, uh, to get out of the house. Right. Um, and you know, one of the things I think that, that I like to do the best, I have a lot of kids now I have eight kids and, and we don't get out into the woods altogether, um, as one big family very often, but just thinking last night, playing, standing outside and playing basketball in the trailer park right before sunset, the swifts are flying over, the grass is green, the ash tree is leafing out,
2: oh, the cherry great.
1: tree has just finished flowering. Yeah. You know, that is very much a renewing outside time. It um, is. As much as, you know, going on a hike in the woods. Yeah. And so I think looking for those opportunities to just hang out outside with your kids Yeah, uh, yeah. is just doing what they like to do, you right. know, and what you like to do.
2: Yeah, earlier you read that quote that talked about how you can... Have children concerned about distant lands and not know their own, and mm-hmm. um, similar to what you're saying there it's um, like I said, I grew up hunting with my father, and there's you know not being the most successful hunter in the world means you ha- spend a lot of time in the woods just staring at things right <laughs> and <laughs> yeah it's interesting though, in that I learned to love the mundane things in the woods, like the um you know, just the sounds that it makes once it once the woods forget you there sounds totally different than you would hear was you're when you're hiking through them with a bunch of kids. Yeah. And making noise. And that's it's it's something beautiful. It's also something that, you know, but it but it also just having that connection with, you know, they say that conservationists, um, it's actually the hunters and fishermen and, mm-hmm. and hikers who tend to be the most Actively engage conservationists because they have a, a connection with the land that right. they that they love. They have yeah. a, a care for it. They're not there yeah. to pillage the outside. They're actually there to make sure that it's a yeah. a wonderful and sustained you know yeah. environment. Versus, you would think that people who are taught to go outside and are taught to love the outdoors, but they never go. They actually they have no stake, no skin in the game. There's right, no right. connection yeah. to. The first Go conservationists the like Teddy Roosevelt,
0: Difford yeah. Pinchot, they were, um, you know, Aldo Leopold. They were conservationists, hunter conservationists. Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: And they, and they spent a shocking amount of time uh, and got yeah. to know those places and got to love those places.
0: Isn't Ducks Unlimited uh, sort of They're a, a um, fantastic a cons- organization. Conservation-minded, but yeah. also-
2: they yeah, ducks. ducks. Unlimited is a good one. Trout Unlimited is another good one. Yeah, backcountry hunters and anglers. Yeah. And uh, I, I forget the name. I think it's the something Pittman Act. But actually, uh, I think most of the ammo sales in America, there's a there's a tax that's put on them. And it's actually one of the, the highest uh, revenue streams for conservation in the United States. And it comes from the the you know the shooting community yeah even those Duck who don't hunt and, yeah it's yeah. Uh, you know it funds a lot of the conservation efforts that we have hmm. on public lands and different things so
1: no and that and that i like what you're saying there it makes me think of you know warfare and an invading country versus a country that's being invaded who's got more skin in a game it's the mm-hmm. country that's being invaded yes they love their place they know their place they want to defend their place
0: and so uh get to know your place yeah. You know? And if you're a sportsman, get to know the, your quarry. Yeah. Um, and the, the, the hunters I respect the most are the ones that really, they're not just out to, to, to bag whatever. Um, they want to know the, the ecology of, of the, the bird or the, the deer or the elk or the fish. And, you know, there's an amazing amount of ecology just in angling. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. Knowing knowing where the fish like to hang out and what do they eat and fly fishing there's just a, a lot. And so as we communicate it's not always just this body of facts like learn this there's sort of this goal uh in hunting fishing uh that there's some motivation like this is going to help me uh catch Whatever, or shoot whatever. Um, but you're learning about the, um, the overall ecology so that the kids, uh, learn, learn the balance of nature, learn to, to respect nature, learn. But the more details they know about whatever it is, uh, the more they appreciate it. Yeah. Yes. If you're just looking at it as, uh, um, just something to put in your freezer then there's that's that's the old that's the sole motivation but if you're looking at it as this very amazing creature that yes uh god has given me the um the the right uh as image bearer to to hunt as it says in genesis 9 3 um that he opened the menu to include animals, so That's we right. we have that right to hunt, but uh, we won't abuse that right. That's right. If we get to know the creatures
2: that we are um, tending and caring for, yeah, there's a lot of respect and that you earn from how hard it is, you know, to you know, to even find, you know, Boyd, you or Will, you and I earlier were talking about. Just it's not as easy as people think by watching TV. It's mm-hmm. You earn a respect for these animals yeah. for the way they move, the power they have, and uh, sometimes that's uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, I've I've kind of I've got a lot of old cameras that when we go out hunting or not really hunting but more camping and hiking, I arm my kids with those that they might just learn to have their eyes open, you know, look for something, you know, to see and you mm-hmm. know something to snap, and you know just with the idea of you know, we want you to see, you know, what's, what's out there and we want you to, you know, appreciate it, you know, and, and that's something they've actually enjoyed quite a bit. Cause it, it takes, you know, it, it's one thing to see an animal, but it's another thing to sneak up on one. You know? Oh man. That's just a <laughs> whole new level right there. Yeah. When you can outwit the,
1: the beast. Yeah. yeah. Nature photographers. That's, that's hunting. Yeah.
2: Absolutely. It it's the same mm-hmm. game. Yeah. They've yeah. got a
1: gun in their hand. They're just, you mm-hmm. know, snapping those photos. All right, so last last thing here, let's each share a story of one of our ch- kids or grandkids in kind of uh in kind of the zone having their minds and souls and hearts renewed in nature mm. i'll I'll start um boy, my oldest son who's who's eighteen now, we are living in town. We've been townies the whole time we've been here, um which is kind of hilarious because all I ever wanted to do was be outside of town. Um, but the Lord's given us lots of, uh, lots of opportunities. And so I, I remember my oldest son was a few months old and it's, he was born in April. It's probably July. Um, and it might've been the July, the, the, the following year, he might've been a year, uh, plus then, but he was just upset throwing a fit. And I found, I just went outside with him and sat down on the grass with him. and He stopped fussing within two minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and that just became something that I picked up on it when he, when he had the freedom of interacting in, in nature and just, he is, he was being renewed right in front of my eyes, right? Something about being outside the sunshine, the leaves, whatever, all of this incredibly synthetic integrated system that God's created as a feedback loop to sustain us, not just utilitarian sustaining, but actually sustain our spirits and our minds. I was just watching it happen in front of me. Wow. And he was just content as can be you know, uh, for the, for the afternoon or whatever. Yeah.
0: Boy, you get next, John. I have to keep on Rolodexing through my (laughs) head. I mean, I have a lot for me, but I'm just trying to. You have to go
1: further back in the Rolodex. uh, Yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. We've
2: heard your manatee stories. I can't use that one. (laughs) I can't use that. (laughs) Dane. That is a good one. I'll, um, I would say, uh, probably one of the best, life-changing things for the whole family is that uh there uh, i think back in 2016 i took my family on a seven-day um camping trip at least it was supposed to be seven days um it quickly uh because of changing weather um car troubles and uh all kinds of other you know things it became uh you know kind of a, a shortened trip but actually the kind of trip that turns into a good story we uh
0: <laughs> right we
2: set out with the intent we had set up a you know a big game for the kids where they would take rings out um and they were going to take these rings to seven different waterfalls in Virginia and that was kind of going to be the backbone of our trip that we were going to do we we're going to camp in different spots and hike and find these waterfalls and my kids love the lord of the rings so of course that you know that was the uh it was mm-hmm. born out of that That's cool. And um it turned into a just a mess we uh we ended up only (laughs) destroying some of the rings we were run off of the peaks of otter because it was covered in thick cloud and it was miserable We people were sick and uh it just when we got home we just didn't know what to do with it and then i sat down and wrote it up as a story and um that kind of was the start of my writing um Mm -hmm. i i would say more than just as a hobby it was I, i wrote it and entered a contest and I actually got a um got the grand prize in it and oh, that ended really up uh, yeah it turned into a year long thing we uh we tried to finish this trip uh and went to the outer banks and to visit wa- uh, lighthouses and that was another just intense uh, failure of many on many fronts we got stranded on a deserted island uh <laughs> out in the middle of the barrier islands uh with a sick child and you know bugs <laughs> biting us uh all through the night, uh, we. Uh, oh man, this is good. Yeah, we were refused uh, <laughs> refused entrance into Okra We couldn't go north, so we had to, you know, kind of divert again, and, uh, and that, uh, and it wasn't until the fall of that year that we were finally able to return to the Blue Ridge, and uh, we took the last of the Seven Rings up to the top of um, of uh, Sharp Top Mountain. It's uh, mm-hmm. one of the peaks of Otter. Yeah, okay. I've been there. And uh, yeah, it was up there that Many uh, times. we hid the ring uh, with a kind of a geocache location. And uh, that was part of the story, you know, for any of the readers that were out there um, in the overlanding world. And uh, it was just a, a great time. And that's kind of set the, that set the, I would say the momentum for us mm-hmm. after that that's kind of how we've always done things and right. it's uh you know it's, it's getting harder to get elaborate you know like i i, I think I, w- I went a little bit too big the first <laughs> year and and that's what the kids are expecting and um you know that's how actually i ended up here at the mfa um doing the creative writing stuff and right
1: oh man you that's good so great. that's yeah that's uh, great. brought me
2: all the way out here to idaho this is a part of the story now too mm-hmm. and To be honest, I think that's what the outdoors are for me. It's just a storyboard. It's where you go out and, you know, you, you know, it's one thing to experience stuff, but it's when you put it inside of a story, then you've got it forever. And then you can tell it around campfires and dinner tables and any other family fixture. And that's where you really build the legacies and the things that, that matter and endure, you know, Mm -hmm. and the, the, the wilderness is a, a picture of endurance you know, and our place in it, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's always going to be there. Your grandkids are going to hike through the same hills as you. At least that's the, what you would want. Right. And you want them to tell the stories, you know, that make those hills important to mm. you, you know, as a people. So I'd say that's probably the biggest one for us. Right.
0: That's good. Right. Well, I'll just do real quick. Um, my, uh, just a, a couple summers ago, I took my uh, oldest grandson out towards, uh, uh, Spring Valley, and um, on the way, we we saw a painted turtle on the road. You know, and he he's a walking encyclopedia. He's always devouring uh, books on animals and things like that. But to see him light up, it's like oh, you know. We stopped the car, and I let him um, grab the 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 painted turtle on the side of the road. And just, he was so excited. Um, And then we got to Spring Valley and we, um, he also, when we were walking on the, on the West side of the lake in the, the wooded area, he, uh, we saw a toad and I I, like, go get him. And he, (laughs) he ran after the toad in the wet grass and caught it. And I, he just was glowing. Um, And it's, it, it brings me back to when we catch things over and over again as adults. It's uh, it you know, is like we've been there, done that. But when you get to see it, um, in your children, I could have told stories about the kids too, uh, and you see their delight and love of it. Yeah. and you're encouraging them to touch and hold and see. Um, it's uh, it it brings that um back fresh oh, that's, you, that's um, a good for one. you for yeah. for us who've mm. done it many many times um like let's say you were a fisherman and you, you it it got to be um you know you're used to it pulling a fish out of the water but when you see a little kid pulling a, his or her first mm. fish out of the water you get to relive that experience through Um, the eyes and heart of your kids or your grandkids.
2: And also through the eyes of your father, you know, when he first saw you do it, mm -hmm. you know, it's it's a, there's a whole lot of connection that happens. It's like a chain, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's a good way to come back.
0: Yeah.
1: Watching kids play in nature, Mm -hmm. watching them have free play. Should Great. be
0: an encouragement to adults, right?
1: And so that's you know, don't be over germ, yeah, don't
0: be over germ conscious and yeah, okay. And they got bit by a garter snake, whoop de doo, yeah, <laughs> it's okay. That's good, just know the poisonous things in your area. <laughs> that's right, that's, that's right. the other exc- expectation. <laughs>
1: good stuff, all right. Well, John, thanks, good to have you. Thanks on. for, yeah, it's, it's been a pleasure. For, yeah, thanks for joining thank you us. guys so much. One for, one more thing. Where can we read? I want to read what you just talked about. How do we how do how do our our listeners find that? How do I find that?
2: Um is that out there somewhere on the interwebs? It, there's a uh, forum. Um, there's this website called expedition portal. it's uh It's a big website for overlanding, you know, vehicle-based travel and those kinds of things. And they had a forum on there that it's buried, you know, five, six years ago now. Um, what I can do is I can probably provide you a link and you can put it in the show notes or something. Yeah. And, um, you know, that's the way you would find it. Um, but it's, uh, you know, I don't know if the Google machine, but the story was called um, Middle Earth by Montero. Okay. Because we drive a Montero, and, you know, okay. that was the idea. So it might bring it <laughs> up. And But, uh, you know, I'll give you a link, and if anybody's interested, including you, you, you know, I'll let you guys check it out. That's
1: great. I appreciate it, John. It's yeah. good to
2: see you again. Yeah. Absolutely. Gordon, good All to right. see you,
1: sir. Yeah, good to see you. All right, next time. Adios. Adios.
0: Thank you for listening. And remember, for all your homeschool science needs, go to noeoscience.com. That's N-O-E-O science.com.